podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. The Celtic Exchange, a fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. This is the Celtic Exchange Weekly, this is Tino, and this week I'm joined by James and Paddy as we cover all things Celtic. As expected, Celtic swept the boards at this weekend's Player of the Year Awards with Kyogo, Jota and Ange all packing up trophies on Sunday night during a season where the club have claimed their 11th Scottish League title in 12 years and could yet go on to lift a treble in next month's Scottish Cup final. James, great to see the players and the manager rewarded for their efforts. Do these achievements and the achievements of the season so far put that disappointing result at Ibrox into perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think that results in perspective the second the final whistle goes. You know, there's, there's, there's nothing long-lasting on that in terms of the context of the season. The players and the manager getting recognised for their efforts, you know, I, I think that's always, you know, you'd say maybe players are like, oh, it's not that important stuff. It, it is to be, in any walk of life, to be recognised for your efforts and, and for excellence, you know, is there. Um, I just don't think there's any context required for Saturday's result. Yeah, Why were you so angry in the post-match then? <laughs> that's why, because I got it all <laughs> <laughs> If nothing else, Paddy, it was a cathartic half an hour or so as me and James poured over the Ibrox events <laughs> on Saturday. Uh, James, what's been your Celtic moment of the week? A uh, really nice one. So, Murdo McLeod uh, on Friday night was at the 25th anniversary of stopping the 10. Yep. And he's been on such a you know, rough road after his, his heart surgery and complications there. So, you see him not just surviving that to be back in his, his feet and you know up on the stage with the guys there. Just brilliant. So, really kind of quite a heartwarming one. Yeah, great to see. Yeah. And club legend overall and certainly you know as a player, but also what he added in that 98 season next to Bum Janssen. Paddy, 31 wins out of 35 league games, league and league cup in the bag and a Scottish Cup finally look forward to next month. It's always important to look at the bigger picture, isn't it? You know, when we think about things like Ibrox and Saturday and it's been some effort by the players so far. It, it has, you know, and I think uh, we as fans are, you know, we're, we're so demanding of the team and, and, and rightly so. Um, I think the the finances that the club has and the, the backing that the club has, you know, we, we, we want to see them be successful on all fronts as much as possible. And I just think that was born out of frustration considering it was uh, it was our biggest rivals. Again, it's one of those ones, yeah, it is after we've, we've went and won the league. You take a step back, we're in the cusp of winning our fifth treble in seven years. So it kind of, in the grand scheme of things, I, I'm not bothered by it, but I'm bothered by it. <laughs> Did you know that way? Yes. Do you not get real Celtic in the 90s vibes off of that one for them on Saturday? The other way we, around? We, aye, we okay. would get away with that now and yeah. then. And then we come back the next season when it actually matters and do nothing. I got massive, uh, I, I, doing the other way around thing, I got massive Lennon, uh, his first first game in charge with Fortuny and Lee Naylor score, scoring and how much we celebrated that and their fans were pretty much like, we've just won the third, third title in a row. So, exactly so. Um, I'm, I've listened to a little bit from the other side after it and actually like, as much as uh, we had an incredible line from Ailey Barber um, at the end of the show right. saying that the bragging rights are with them. I mean, how how you can brag when you're about to lose another, well, you've lost another league title and you've not won anything this season. Um, how she came away with that one? I mean, it's the producers put that in her ear, but she, she's maybe not at the time to go, I'm not saying that. You know I mean? <laughs> or Chris yeah. Boyd's been like, that. say it. <laughs> I think for, for anyone who missed it, yeah, the line was something like, uh, excuse the terminology, but the old firm bragging rights will remain at Ibrox across the summer, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. it's like, come on. Crazy. Um, so, I, I mean, to, to kind of come away with things like that, um, it's been refreshing actually just to even see some of their fans being like, we still need to scrap everything that we have at the moment and start again. They they know that that isn't what they're going to be up against next season. Yeah. You know, they, so. they know and we know and they know we know Aye, they know that we know that we know absolutely Paddy you mentioned the amount of treble Celtic have won in recent years and from the player of the year night last night Callum McGregor was asked on stage eh, so be yourself Callum you know amazing time as a captain blah blah and what about your own personal record with trebles where are you at with in the, in the amount of trebles that you've picked up and could soon pick up well, just be the five, mate. Just be the five, <laughs> Just be the five. And good fun. He wasn't being cocky. It was just quite good fun at the time. So it just shows you how impressive that's been. What were your, uh, your own Celtic moment of the week, Paddy? I, before I go into that, I had three minutes before they dropped in the Player of the Year Award. Oh, I think you need the higher echelons of the Celtic Exchange. Um, absolutely. Things, BBC, yeah. Player of the Year Awards. Aye. What a guy. Didn't, didn't get my invite, Paddy, you. And there's more to come. And there's more to come. Yeah. Good on you. Uh, moment uh, of the week. Moment of the week actually was a, a little... Um, thread I think it had been started I didn't read the full thread I didn't have access to read it all but it was along the lines of uh, basically playing down the the Glasgow Derby uh, from England uh, English Premier League fans 
And uh, a Celtic fans replied saying, with all due respect, our fans are selling out our stadiums. This is one of the biggest rivalries in world football. There's no half and half scarves in these stadiums. And it was just like that bit of defiance for both Celtic and Rangers. And a Rangers fans responded saying, well said, mate. And he's basically just responded like, you can shut up too. <laughs> I've seen that again. The, the Rangers fans try to show a bit of solidarity aye, aye. The, the brand up here in you? Scotland. Yeah, I, that's, a, that's a nice polite way I've put it, by the way. Aye, aye. Aye. You need to go and do your own digging online Absolutely. if you want to see what's where it was really said. Okay, so let's take a look at what's coming up on this week's show. And this week's big topic, we'll look at those changes that Ange made for the trip to Ibrox and whether it was the right call at the right time or if it was a wee bit too much too soon on the day. We'll also then take a closer look at those end of season awards and at who won what on the night. I'll then be taking on the lads once again in this week's Mystery Cell where I've been falling woefully behind in recent weeks, but don't worry Paddy, I've been looking up some of uh, Willie Mealy's old teammates the last few days <laughs> and uh, Ebenezer O'Reilly coming right up. Confident <laughs> I'll be back on track after today. And finally, we'll close out the show as always with This Week in Celtic Media where James has once again dug out something that we think you'll enjoy. Okay, let's get started by taking a look at the lineup at Ibrox from the weekend. But before doing so, I just want to come to you both on the, the very general question of how relevant the fixture was or not. So, Paddy, is that game ever a meaningless fixture, regardless of what's going on in terms of league titles, trebles, etc.? Um, no, I don't think it is. It means so much uh, to the supporters. Um, and I think that for me, obviously with the, the, the title one, I get that the, the manager's view of getting into that game... Um, I think the changes in the team speak for itself. You know, I, I can't remember who it was that said that um, Carter Vickers doesn't go under a knife if that game's important, you know. Yeah, and yeah. If, if that's a league decider, that team is totally different. Aye, I, I, absolutely. So for me, I think basically for fans, we want to go and see them win every single game, well, especially against our rivals. But for a manager, it's like, can they handle the pressure pot of 50,000 people that don't like them? And, you know, I answered a few questions. I think also in the same the same wavelength of that though we've got to kind of remember that there's a lot of players that come in on Saturday that aren't up to match speed. Um, I think the summer's a big big test for every single player that was part of that game, um, and there's a few that you know we've we've kind of discussed off air that are may maybe just not going to make the grade, um, especially the chances they've been given this season. I think Burnaby has to be sadly one of them, um, not as a left back. Um, but then, yeah, the big issue is, is that I don't know where we would we would possibly play him. So yeah, it's an important fixture for us. We want to win it, but I'm okay. I'm okay with that on Saturday. I, it doesn't doesn't bother me as much as it's bothered a few others. It's bothered me. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> where are you at, James? Is it is it ever a meaningless game? It's certainly not hanging over me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not a meaningless game because as what it is, you always want to beat them. You know, Tiddly winks or whatever, you always want to beat them. But we've been beat off them in the past and it lasts for days and a week and weeks and stuff like that. It's gone by Saturday night, do you know? So that, that maybe tells its own story. Um, yeah, not not lingering on me at all. Just a wee example, a wee bit of context. You might have seen that, um, obviously, Napoli lifted their first Serie A title in over 30 years last week. Huge celebrations, some some quite amazing pictures, actually. And then lost 2-0 at the weekend and a surprise defeat to mid-table Monzo. And the reason for that one, probably because it just didn't matter. Aye. And that's the case with Celtic, I think, at the moment. Yeah, so the bragging rights are going to Monza? <laughs> that's it. You want, hey, next year, Monza will be all over that kind oh, of stuff. Just, just you wait, just Napoli. You wait. Monza just are coming. Monza. Um, okay, so back to the, the question and questions of the lineup. So the notable surprises were Burnaby starting in place of Greg Taylor at left back and O coming in for Kyogo up top. We already knew that Kobayashi would start due to the absence of Cameron Carter-Vickers. So the first question um, to put to you lads, we were always going to be without two of the first choice back four with the enforced absence of Alistair Johnson and Carter Vickers. So was it a step too far to then voluntarily weaken the line up further by including Burnaby in place of Taylor? Again, no, I wouldn't say that it is. I, I generally think that because of the nature of the fixture and the, the, the league being done, there's no better time to try this. There's no better time to give these players a, a piece of what, what your hardest fixture of the season is going to be. Um, I don't have any qualms about the the, the, the lineup on Saturday. Um, yeah, there was a few surprises. I I, I, I was surprised that there was no Kyogo because I, I generally think that Ange is the type of type of manager that wants to win that game too. But I also think he needs to know what he's working with. I really do, and, and no better time to try that. Do you just see it, Paddy, as a, a no risk approach by Ange? You know, it's, it's a for, free, free hit. 
for that game, it's a free hit. Yeah. I'm just wondering, it's obviously Kobayashi didn't come out too well. He's played his part negatively, I suppose, in the, the first two goals of the game. But does the, the changing of the lineup have a negative impact on him, him and the fact that he's not looking to his left and seeing Greg Taylor, yeah. the tried and trusted, trusted steady left back? He's seen Bernabe who didn't have much of a game and that makes Kobayashi look worse as well. You can extend that further. No Maeda means that ball's coming at you an awful lot more than it would if Maeda was playing. Yeah. Yep. So there's more pressure on the left back position because the left channel is not protected from uh, from Maeda's excellent defensive work that he's been doing for so long. As as we say, Ange is Maeda daft. If Ange wants to you know, really take no chances on that game, Maeda starts. So I, I, I get that with Kobayashi and you have to give a wee bit to Bernabe but we still saw enough in their performances that we can analyse them in isolation. Kobayashi, centre half that's not fit enough in terms of not strong enough, get to the gym. That's just, should never be allowed as a Celtic centre half. And Bernabe just shown, and he's not, you know, says consistently, no defensive instincts. It's really hard to drill that into a player at this age. You know, you maybe, maybe catching somebody at 17, 18. You know, Steve McManus was a striker and became a centre half but he was stepping back towards defence quite young in his career. So by the time he was 17, 18, he was a centre-half and he and he grew from there. I think it's too late for, to teach Bernabe to be a left-back. Yeah. I think, you know, based on Saturday showing, let's be frank about it, not good enough from Bernabe, not good enough from Kobayashi. In isolation, in that game, it's not to say, Paddy, that we just say, well, that's those guys done. Do you know what I mean? It's, you know, if Kobayashi, he's possibly never faced any sort of physical challenge um, of that nature in Japan I, I would say the game's more technical there than the blood and thunder we sometimes see and John Sutter's a powerful lad and all that stuff I'm not saying it's easy to deal with him coming up for corners and stuff but maybe it's now a real wake up call as part of his development to say this is how it's going to be I think he's quite a f physical fit strong lad he could maybe do be bulking up a bit James but I Bulking think up. just in terms of how the defenders will approach corners you know people taking corners against us Kobe actually will have learned a lot there and if nothing else, Paddy, he'll be better for it next time around. You would hope so. Um, and I think, again, they don't go into this, this fixture without knowing that that's what they're going to be coming up against. They'll be made well aware of that, right? But until you're actually involved in it, you're never going to know. You're not going to know actually the velocity of the game and how, how quick it is played up in Scotland. And I think for me, that's where Ange has decided... Let's, let's see how you guys cope with us. I'll learn more from that than what I win. 100%. Because I tell you what, he either gives them that opportunity during the summer to, to like you say, kind of bulking up and, and for Bernabe to fully maybe discover what position he wants to be in because I'm with you. I don't think he's a left back. And it then also gives him plenty of time to be able to say, right, this isn't working. We need to get someone else in that's going to, going to do the job. Because... Guys, we go back three weeks where we're saying Kobayashi looked the part, looked very good, very comfortable on the ball. And in games probably where we were a lot more in, in, in control, you go to somewhere like Tynecastle, they're in your face, they want to try and upset you. And we went to Ibrox there and again, they came out straight for the start. They had to, they had to. It's not going to happen every week. Kobayashi will look good probably against the majority of the league, but he needs to know that that's the level he has to get up at. And I actually think Carol Starfield is a great example of that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The thing about Kobayashi, we've spoken highly of him in, in recent weeks because we can see something yeah. in him in terms of you know his culture and he's comfy on the left-hand side and he's good in the ball. That's only half the job, you know, that he's required to do. First and foremost, his job's to defend and he just didn't do that, you know, very well in the day. Uh, a fella came back to us on Twitter after the result of the weekend and he says, aye, and your man James has been saying for weeks, Kovayashi's the man for that job over Starfield. Don't worry, I, I backed you up, James, by telling the guy that he was absolutely spot on. <laughs> yeah, and threw, threw you right under that bus. But <laughs> I, I do. I think, You've been uh, telling James for weeks to shut uh, it with that. I think Kovayashi's uh, got a real future. But it's a wake-up call for him that it's not all about just coming out of the fence and starting the attacks. Your first job is always, 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 either domestically or in Europe, defend first and then you can do all the good stuff moving forward even positional awareness first goal you know he's no idea where Cantwell is and that's poor and that's been caught in the headlights a wee bit of the blood and thunder start to the yeah. game but like you say he'll been well briefed that that's how it was going to be Aye. had to be it was the only way it was going to be and he's just losing your man there that's just nah unacceptable yeah but hopefully he can learn from it and it's a, a great opportunity for him and others to do so so I suppose the, the ultimate question I'll come to you first James so from Angie's point of view, that environment, Ibrox, it just presents them with that perfect opportunity. You know, Celtic are at home to St Mirren. Is it Hibs away the mm -hmm. other game? Hibs away. And then home to Aberdeen. 
those tests are going to be nothing like what you know what you face against a, a hostile crowd at Ibrox. So as a unique opportunity he's, he's had there, and obviously likes of Bernabe, Kobayashi and O, um, were the real focal point on whether they could handle that or not. Bernabe and Kobayashi were unused subs at Ibrox in January. That's their only experience of the fixture. And oh, I don't think he was even in the building at that point. So he he hadn't even set foot in Ibrox until then. So ultimately, James, question being, was Ange right to take advantage of that unique opportunity as part of the ongoing development of these players? 100%. Yeah. You don't have any niggling, niggling annoyance that you name your best team against Rangers and then you can change it up and all that stuff. There's a lot of people, I think they've got a point, you know, saying... You don't tinker with that fixture. You get the you get the one first, or you at least get a foothold in the game, and then you can bring Burnaby off the bench. Or oh, do you think that would have been the wrong approach? So see that that back four, right, and all the changes that were there from Johnson, Carter, Vickers, Taylor. That could be your back four if injuries go against you in the first Champions League fixture next year. Do you want to find out then, or do you want to find out now? Yeah. So uh, that that's the time to do it. They know the, the, the work they've got to do over the summer. I actually already, when I was doing a wee bit of sketching and stuff and seeing what I would like to have, I already had a new left back in, in Mackinac wish list. And I wonder if Andrew's ever a, we think we need left back, let's find out if the boy can step up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we need left back. So you learn that now, not down the line. Yeah. But I suppose here's here's a, a scenario. Celtic go full strength at Ibrox on Saturday. One, two, three now. What do you learn? Exactly. You've just, you've, made the point I'm kind of making on this is I think that he he knew that this is a kind of this is a fixture where he could say right let's see how these guys cope with this pressure as supporters we want a we want a team that goes out and wins the game absolutely that's why we're not managing that's why we're not in the dugout and he has enough credit in the bank to say do you know what I'm going to test these guys and see how they go on and and listen the the players let him down the players did let 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 him down, let us as fans down. They will know that. Uh, I don't think they'll they'll go go free after that game. But for for him, he will have so much more answers now about mm. players that he's been a little bit unsure about. And I tell you what, I wouldn't be surprised if already this week um, we're, we're we're talking to our scouts and and basically getting the, the mission starting now. Yeah, if they haven't been already, uh, they will have. I, uh, I think he'll have he'll have learned so much. A, and he might have made some calls on, do you know what? I know that such and such a person can't do that job and that's conclusive evidence for me. Or he might say, okay, this is what I need to develop in that player because Angie's a is a coach in the truest sense and he might see something, say it as Burnaby, and he'll think, we need to do more work on his defensive instincts to, you know, to give your example, James, or Kobayashi, positional awareness, whatever it might be. So he'll have learned things both in terms of how he can improve these individuals, but maybe also where there's still gaps in the personnel if we're looking to have a serious crack at things in Europe. So, I mean, I suppose in answer to the, the kind of more general question I've put to you, the answer is Angie's right, as always. Mm -hmm. Every time. I don't know why we doubt him. <laughs> Stupid <laughs> question by me. Mm -hmm. uh, must try hard. <laughs> hard. Must try hard. Yeah. Okay. So let's move on uh, and take a look at the big winners at this season's end of year awards. And we'll start with the club's own awards before moving on to the PFA awards, which also took place on Sunday night. Uh, at the Celtic Awards, Kyogo was a big winner in the night, lifting up his own treble in the shape of Player of the Year, Players Player of the Year and Top Scorer. James, the right choice for you or do you think there was a, another deserving winner of, of any of those? Top Scorer, we'll give him. That's, we'll give him that. That's, uh, you've done the math on that one, eh? Yeah. Uh, Cal Mack, for me, he should have been in there somewhere, whether it's Player of the Year or Players Player of the Year. I suppose players don't want to suck up to the captain and go Players Player. So, mm. And Kyogo's so lovable, so he's going to get the nod for that. Probably player of the year was Calmack for me. I think he's just instrumental to everything we do. But yeah, I've no complaints. Yeah. Oh, well, you Paddy, the, the players player one was interesting. So they show you the kind of tallies. They show you the various players given their, you know, I think it's Kyogo this year. I think it's him. And for a time, Kyogo and Calmack were neck and neck up till about six each. And then Kyogo's figures just went through the roof. He ended up with about 18 votes. And it shows you just how highly respected he is in that dressing room. Absolutely. I think Calmack and what he does and um, what, what we a lot of fans don't see when they're following the ball. McGregor is just an, an incredible footballer. Um, there's no disputing that at all. What I think Kyogo has done this season is step up and delivered. I think his goals have been so crucial, um, scoring some massive, massive goals for us this season and on a consistent basis. Um, he's frightening. He's a frightening uh, striker to play against. And I think it's it's knowing that probably we're, we're all in agreement here, he, he could get better. It mm -hmm. could get better. Um, so I think it's the right thing to do. I think it's the right awards for him. I think, you know, he'll feel great about himself. And if we keep him for next season, I, I wonder how many he'll score then. 
Yeah, his, his confidence must be flying high and um, you, you could see, I mean, you know, a kind of very infectious character and just really lively. I was chatting to someone who put the case forward that they really thought CCV should have got it. You know, if you don't defend, you, you don't provide that platform to the guys up front. My response was goals change games and all that kind of stuff. And I suppose it's, it's harsh on the defenders, isn't it? But it's always the, the kind of forward type players that get these awards. Of course, you know, in some of the defensive, you know, it's not, it's not uncommon these days that sometimes there's a defensive block clearance. You know, you, you get fans off their seats cheering and stuff like that. You always get fans off their seats cheering for goals. Goals, foot, football is all about goals and Kyogo's the one putting the ball away. And Andrew's all about goals as well. Uh, he's always been an, another present for us this season as well, I think. You know, he's, yeah, he's been well managed, yeah. You know, yeah. so it's uh, what he's given over the course of the season, obviously unfair on Mac and CCV they've had their injuries at the, the earlier stages so no it's just that look, it's that consistency I'm talking about it just he's been brilliant I also think you need to give him credit for his mental resilience after the the real disappointment very real disappointment of missing out in the World Cup right. it's a player's dream it's every player's dream and he'll have found out whatever it was early November that that wasn't going to be a reality for him to then accept that shake it off and then come back with the goals that have clinched the title and put us in the you know the edges of, of lifting a treble says a lot about him as a personality it does I think uh, he's, he's thoroughly enjoyed this season as well um, been able to brush that aside and no offence to Maeda but probably questioning you know I'm doing a bit more here at this club than, than this guy what, what do I need to do what do I need yeah, to man. do it must have been quite a, a hard one for him um, I don't know if you guys have heard lately as well that apparently the Japan manager never even stepped foot in Scotland right, in the European Europe, tour. Right? Aye, it's right. been two two scouts that have went to watch the the Japanese players. Um, that's a concern for me um, because if there's no interest, if there's no real interest in people coming to watch them, especially their, their own manager, then do they th start looking elsewhere? Um, Kyogo's got the opportunity next season, as we mentioned, to make an impact in Europe, and that and that's that's where you can really judge him. You know, there's been the unfair questions at the moment you know the best since Larson better than Dembele and all that stuff you, you can't answer that just yet because he's not fulfilled his Celtic potential but next season's the big one for him you know he's, he's obviously done amazing things so far 50 goals at the club and all that but next season he's going to have a real opportunity to make an impact at Europe in Europe and show that he's developed under Ange as well and if he does that and gets some big goals there and manages to be part of a team that maybe qualify from the groups or go on some sort of extended run at that point you can end the serious conversation can't you? I think that's right and I think that's only fair as well you know it's it's maybe a, the, the not getting picked for the World Cup there is maybe a double impact of the manager has seen Kyogo just not quite as good as he could be you know in terms of a couple of chances missed at Champions League level and he's went well maybe that's not what I need right now and that's impacted on his decision to, to not pick him which you know would be doubly disappointing but all the more you know, opportunity this season to go and show him go and score against the best in the world yeah, I don't like the Japan manager. Don't, don't like his attitude, Paddy. No, no very, no, very dismissive. No. But you're right. You know, he was meant to come in this charm offensive across Europe and meet the various managers. He's not bothered coming up here, which is interesting. Particularly Ange, who's been a manager in Japan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he could have learned a lot. But anyway, as Paddy had mentioned earlier on, as much as myself, so I was there last night at the Player of the Year as a guest of Glenn and the team that, at Impact Signs. Uh, they provide all the branding for trophy presentations, cup finals, etc. So just a small thank you from me for the invite there. Really good folk and a, a really enjoyable night. Uh, James, as an aside, I also won six bottles of hooch in the raffle, which I've no idea what to do with. So if you fancy them, they are Damn. all yours. Um, other awards, so Young Player of the Year, that went to Matt O'Reilly. Easy to forget, he's still 22. You, you don't automatically think of a guy like that in terms of the young player. And in his acceptance speech, he said that a big part of the success of the team was that there was no egos in the group. And I think you can see that, Paddy. They do come across as a, a really humble and hardworking group of players. Yeah, I, I think that the only chance of an ego in that team would have been uh, Giacomacus, potentially. Um, and you kind of see what happens there when people spit the dummy and, and want one out or like do it in the kind of the wrong fashion. They're gone. <laughs> see you later. They're gone. So I think... Uh, you can feel that from this team. Uh, they've all got each other's back um, and all just seem to enjoy working with each other as well. So uh, brilliant to see. Yeah, Good words from them as well. Good to hear that. Very speaker. much so. And, and Miff repeats it a lot, but just a very likable group of players. That's you know, the very phrase. And don't get me wrong, first and foremost, you've got to be winning things. You've got to be proving your worth on the park, but they do seem a likable group of players. And that only comes for the manager. You know, we, we've talked frequently about how he 
identifies a player and then finds out about the man before then deciding to move forward or not. So you can see that reflected in the team and yep, well put by Matt O'Reilly. It should also be noted that O'Reilly and Joe Hart are the only two to have played a part in all 35 league games so far. You mentioned Kyogo James, he can't be far away. I'm not sure what, what game he may or may not have missed. A couple of games maybe. Uh, I need to think back. But O'Reilly showing real consistency as a 22-year-old, uh, just turned 22 in November there. And Joe Hart, as we know, is the, the ever-present in between the sticks. Special mention too to Caitlin Hayes from the women's team. She picked up her own unique treble. She won Player of the Year, Players Player of the Year, as well as the PFA Women's Player of the Year. Uh, and she and her teammates are chasing down the possibility of a League and Cup double over the next uh, couple of weeks there. So good luck to them. Uh, Tom Boyd was picked out for a special recognition award from the club. And it was great to see. Tom Boyd is absolutely Celtic through and through. I think, you know, to coin the Tommy Burns phrase, Tom, Tom Boyd as well is the kind of fan who got lucky and he he reiterates that every time he speaks. So he got on the stage, he was a wee bit emotional. I think he lost his dad recently and that was a big part of it. And he thanked his dad for everything they'd done for him in terms of bringing him up in Celtic and, and what that's meant to him. But just a really decent guy. He continues to do some brilliant work as a club ambassador and with the Celtic Foundation. He goes and does cycles and treks and things across the globe. Um, his TB, sorry, his TV commentary, James, it remains unashamedly biased and we wouldn't have it any other way. So that, that one last week, was it maybe even the, the Cup semi-final? And it's clearly a foul from the yeah. Celtic player. And he, you know, like half the guy. It, it was Tony Ralston on Cantwell. Of course, it was a cracker. Right. And uh, boys going mental, so, oh, ridiculous referee. He doesn't think Celtic have ever legitimately no. fouled anyone ever. ever you know? Yeah. He just goes for it and that's, that's just his thing. But it was good to see him. Really humble guy. Um, some nice words for him by the likes of Paul Lambert, uh, John Hartson and Peter Grant. So very well thought of uh, across the board. The club also took some time to pay tribute to Celtic heroes Frank McGarvey and John Hughes who both sadly passed this year and I think some of their family members were also in attendance. And again, just a really nice touch. The PFA Awards, as I mentioned, they also took place on Sunday night and they very much mirrored uh, the club awards. So Kyogo picked up Player of the Year. Jota, got the award for that goal against Rangers we'll get to it in a second and Ange picked up manager of the year too and Paddy that's got to be the case for someone chasing down their fifth trophy out of six since arriving in Scotland Incredible um, I think you know I wouldn't be surprised if he goes on and wins it again next year as well um, yeah a, a, a well deserved prize for a, a, an incredible manager so uh, well chuffed to hear that Yeah Paddy are you in full agreement with the goal of the season so just to remind it's Jota V Rangers for that iconic chip yeah. over John McLaughlin and the celebration he probably gets points for that as well yeah. just it was so iconic and I don't think it could have been any other goal could it? Do, do you know I've, I've laughed at basically some of the takes from the rest of Scottish football that it shouldn't it shouldn't have been anywhere near it I don't think that any are these people? any club in this league has a player that can do that Nah, I mean, I thought the the standard was good in the real, mm -hmm. you know, in terms of the, the competition for it. But it's McGregor's quickness to find O'Reilly. O'Reilly's ball is outstanding. Yeah, he incredible. cuts like through three or four players, and then Jota to get that extra big leap, you know, in right. stride and clip it over uh, McLaughlin with it. Right. And then any time a player scores a goal. And he gets to start celebrating before it crosses line. Always a fan of that. <laughs> yeah. Always a fan. I don't think it's just a goal of this season. I think it's a goal for the ages. Aye. This is, for this that is... fixture. You, you said it. It's like it's up there You know, with, with Larson for that fixture Aye. for you. And I think it is. I think when the, the AI robots take over in years to come, they'll be talking about this, Paddy, and saying, <laughs> did you see that goal, lads, back in whatever it was? I just thought it was class all over the back. And to do so in such a big fixture as well with the pressure that comes with that, absolute class. So Jota won the award at the players' night, at the, sorry, the club night and at the PFA. And it just shows uh, across the board, thankfully, that everyone saw sense in the, the class in that goal. Part of the PFA awards are obviously different in that they're voted on by fellow professionals. So I believe the managers vote for the manager and they clearly see the talent in Ange and the players vote for the player. And that must be a huge honour for your your peers to be picking you out as the main man. Uh, definitely, because a game with that can come some bias, I suppose. Um, so it's uh, it's nice to see a true true reflection of how the season's panned out. Um, I think over the years we've seen some uh, questionable awards being given out, and and I think last night was was fairly fairly accurate in that that sense. Do you think Ange got nine votes, but David Martin Dale voted for Beale and Beale voted for David Martin Dale? Pretty much, it? <laughs> yeah. might have been a bit of that, you know. So, um, but listen, well done again to all who lifted trophies at the weekend, and hopefully they'll all be lifting one more trophy at Hamden next month. Okay, let's move on to this week's mystery sale. And we'll start, as always, with a quick reminder of last week's for anyone who missed it. So clue number one, a joint Celtic from Hibs. 
Paddy got it on clue number one, James. What about that? What a hero. Clue number two, I played the part of a Rangers player in Robert Duvall's 2002 movie, A Shot at Glory, uh, also starring Alan McCoyst. Straight to video, Paddy. Straight to video. Not worth checking out. Uh, clue number three, despite being a member of the Seville squad, I never won a cap for my country. The answer, of course, was Didi Agat, uh, born in the Isle of Reunion, James. Yep, La Reunion, yeah. Yeah, so never capped. I don't know if they've got a national team, to be fair, to get capped for. So there's quite a small squad. Almost the first, li- uh, all, also the first line of uh, Saturday Night by Wigfield. I'll go for it, do it. Did it again? It's like Larry Union. Yeah, James, don't fall for it. That's a Kenny Carmichael joke for Kenny, who should be listening. Um, Paddy, Agat's time at Celtic coincided with that really successful Martin O'Neill sp- uh, era. And your thoughts on his time in general in a Celtic shirt? I got a lot of stick for this, but I started a Celtic supporters club called uh, Didier Agat CSC. I used, fo- I used to follow on Twitter, they've not tweeted for ages. Nah, nah. It, 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 I still want to join that. It disbanded, it disbanded. <laughs> Due to lack of enthusiasm? Aye, aye there wasn't enough. <laughs> nah, uh, a, a great player um, and just frustrating at times when it came to his delivery and it, I think he knew that himself. Um, but I remember first few seasons just he galloped past anyone with a ball and it was a bad tackle. I think it was Austin McCann Durham at Tynecastle. It was Andy Webster. Andy Webster. I, um, I was reading about it earlier on. I didn't remember it, but I was just researching it. Right, okay. Like a professional. I that's think it, it, I think it was you. Austin McCann, but we'll come back to that. You'll be wrong. Fact, that's <laughs> the, <laughs> the mystery oh. injury. James, James, have you enjoyed Paddy's final? I'm again, Paddy. It's an open forum here. Let's chat it fine. Listen, uh, no, I thought uh, after that, we kind of seen him not go to the same lens again. Um, deliveries, and Seville were man short incredible. We'd all been waiting in the crosses and they came up at the right time. Um, especially the one Larson, the one at the back post. Just a, a, an incredible ball in from him. I think I got, I hate using the term underrated, but I think a lot of people do forget how important it was for the way we played under Anil. Aye, just a, a, a very good player to watch. Yeah. In terms of his fact, Phil James, so played for Wraith Rovers and Tibbs before joining Martin O'Neill Celtic for around about 50 grand. There's various figures online say it was only 27, some say it was 55. So maybe some somewhere. Andy Webster. That's <laughs> it. That's the tax man. <laughs> so, yep. So paid a small fee in September 2000. As Paddy says, he was part of various successes for Martin O'Neill's team, including the treble in that first season and the Seville run. He also had some huge moments in Europe, notably that goal away at Ajax in the Champions League qualifier at the start of the 2001-2002 season. He left Celtic in 2006, where he joined up again with Martin O'Neill at Villa and had a very short spell there before hanging up the running spikes for the very last time. James, your own thoughts on Didi Agat? And just, Wigfield? Just a... Uh, not so much in the Wigfield, but a huge, huge part of why O'Neill's team was successful. A real building block in that team. You know, just so positive going forward. And the, the, I know what you mean, like sometimes cross wasn't always there, but when it was there, it was really there. Yeah. I was in Amsterdam for that goal in the Ajax Arena. It was phenomenal, like, People are tumbling down chairs like four, <laughs> five, five flights. Just because, you know, up to that point, Europe wasn't really a, a thing for us. It was like, ah, we'll go for a trip and maybe go to the game, but maybe not, you know. And then you go, was it 3-1 and then 3-0? Yeah, 3-1. 3-1. Didn't, didn't realise you were in the dam for that one, I must aye, have been great. Aye, that yeah. was the one where a big Dutch guy wanted to fight me. And who won that? Uh, he asked me politely, did I want to fight? And I said... <laughs> No thanks. They went okay. <laughs> not uh, not add to your silver medal collection. Though. Absolutely. I mean, it was been the silver medal, ten dollar silver medals. He was massive. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, a gap was just a big part of the enjoyment of that trip. Yeah, and I suppose that 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 result actually. So I think Celtic may have lost the return leg one 0 I think. Who scored? Oh, don't know. Oh, shut up, lads. Correct. Ah, oh, good knowledge, lads. Uh, no points for that, unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, that result just gave you a wee bit of belief. Though, hold on a minute. We've obviously done the league stuff under Martin O'Neill, but we could now be doing some something that we've not done for a long time yeah. and actually showing some credibility in Europe and, and moving on to do exceptionally well there. So, yeah, that was the start of it. And a gap played a huge part on the night with a brilliant goal. Um, OK, so let's move on to this week's mystery sale. For anyone joining in at home, just jump to our Twitter page at Celtic Exchange right now. And if you guess the correct answer, you'll be given access to 14 days free of the Celtic Exchange Plus. Clue number one. My teammate, Willie Mealy, I'm only kidding, Paddy. <laughs> Clear number one. My first medal with Celtic was a runner-up one in the Scottish Cup before I then went on to win the league and the Scottish Cup during my time at the club. Some silence for the listeners. They love that. Stan Varga. Not Stan Varga. Clue number two. I scored two goals in 90 appearances for the club over a six-year period. Paul Telfer. 
You're nailer. Not Telfer, not Nailer. And clue number three, since my playing career ended, I've managed at several clubs, including one currently in the Scottish Premiership. And as always, you've got until I read out this next is, wee update to provide your answer. He's not currently the manager in the Scottish Premiership. He, is, he, has, he, he has, has managed a club who are currently in the Scottish Premiership. Got it? All clear? Yes. Have a wee chat amongst yourselves. So while the lads are guessing the wrong answer to this week's Mystery Sale, a quick reminder from me on what's coming up this week at the Celtic Exchange Plus. On Friday, we'll have the big match preview ahead of Saturday's home game with St Mirren, the first time the boys will have been back at Celtic Park since winning the title. And as always, we'll then be back shortly after the game with our match reaction show. If you want to try out the Celtic Exchange absolutely free, then just visit our website at theCelticExchange.com where you'll see the links to start your seven-day free trial. It takes less than two minutes to get going, and in addition to this weekend's pre- and post-match podcast, you can also enjoy our full back catalogue of additional episodes. So if you enjoy what we do and want to hear a wee bit more from us every week, then jump over to theCelticExchange.com now. What have you got, James? Your time is up. I tell you what I'll do. I'm going to make this even harder. I need to take your first answer as your final answer. So this isn't the time for giving me four, five, six names. Paddy, I'm up against that. I'm 11-7 down here. You have. What's your answer, James? Did you get It is not. You got anything, Paddy, just for fun? Throw it in, you might as well. Uh, yeah, I just say it, you know, no, you won't get penalised for it. Gary Colbell. It's 11 8, I'm back in it. Oh. Back in the hunt. So we, we had to throw that when to keep it interesting for the listeners. Aye, that you've, you've done great, you've kept it. Aye, aye. <laughs> aye. There's, there's never a meaningless mystery cell. Aye, aye, you know we've learned a lot here today. Yeah. But remember, if you think you know the answer to this week's mystery cell and want to enjoy 14 days free of the Celtic Exchange Plus, then simply reply to our pin tweet at Celtic Exchange using the hashtag mystery cell. Time for this week in Celtic Media, where each week we dig out something of interest from the world of Celtic Online. James, what have you got? I agree, always great to uh, have anything that's got Martin O'Neill's name on it. So he was interviewed, uh, just over the weekend, I think it was, um, on Talksport Talk with Jim White, who's not as bad as I thought. He's all right. Hey. And Simon Jordan, who I'm not a fan of. Um, yeah, it was just, and he was just talking a wee bit about the, the, the fixture at the weekend and, you know, one thing was really interesting. So first thing he spoke about was coming off the bus at Ibrox and stuff and he'd end up like, Giving them a wee bit of something back kind of thing, and then the absolute, you know, the, the volume went through the roof, like under the gauntlet. I thought it was really interesting that he said Lubo is one of the most talented players he's ever worked with. Given, sorry, not one of the, the most talented two footed players yeah, he's ever worked with. Given that we were always frustrated that he didn't <clears throat> use Lubo enough and should have used him mm. more, and he went on to say a wee bit, you know, that his age was against him. Um, it turns out Zinedine Zidane is a huge Lubo fan. Aye, I've, I've seen the that. quotes, yeah. Yeah, exceptional Probably. stuff. Um, when he was a big fan of what Andrew's doing, he said his his mentality is, is a huge thing because it was a lot of adversity when he first came in there. there. It was hard, you know, getting players to jail and then something just... And we all knew that, you know, it was maybe in Betis, maybe in Europe, he just went, oh, something's clicked here. Mm-hmm. And from then on, it was, you know, it was a steamroller. Simon Jordan thinks Andrew will get offers, you know, and I think, you know, he's, he's maybe had some interest already, you know, Brighton and, and the likes. Jordan says that it was wrong for Len to go back O'Neill is a loyal man and he just went right in he's just like no he was the only man to do that and there's not a lot of us would necessarily agree I, with that I thought just that wee point was interesting because we spoke about Neil Lennon's interview recently with Peter yep, Martin yep. and how Lenny himself feels disappointed that some of his former teammates maybe in his opinion let him down or threw him under the bus or whatever Martin O'Neill's gone the opposite way he has 100% got Lenny's back hasn't he? Blindly which is a beautiful thing in friendship it doesn't make it true. Yeah. I thought it was great to see though. But yeah, amongst other things, so yeah, he talks about hostile receptions at Ibrox, the genius of Luba Moravchik, sings Angie's praises and a few other things in between. It's about seven or eight minutes long and it's, it's just quite an enjoyable piece. Um, James, he always speaks passionately about Celtic and it's it's good to see him doing the media rounds just now. He's He was on Monday Night Football last week, I think, when Forrest beat Southampton. Yeah. I wonder, you know, when you see things like that, I wonder if he's just angling to get back in somewhere. When I did speak to him at the end of last year when we'd done the interview here on the show, uh, the suggestion was that he'd one last big coaching mm. job left in him and that would be real interesting to see, wouldn't it? I think he's just got six cases of the book still to punt. Maybe still you know, doing a few of them, yeah. You know, the, the wife's like, get them out of the garage. Get of there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's no bad time if you're familiar with English football and English football is familiar with you. It's no bad time to be in people's, you know, the front of their minds because there's about a dozen jobs to pick from down there. Uh, and I think he feels he's got 
he's got one. I mean, Leicester haven't signed anyone permanently, have they? Uh, yeah, is he, I think. Is he permanent Smith. or just the end of the season? Mm, I think Smith. I think mm. he, if he keeps him up, he's he's going to be permanent. I mean, they're, O'Neill. They're going back down. in there. Leicester will be down. O'Neill would like that challenge, bring him back up. Yeah. So things like that, you know, I, I, I would love to see him back in football, in club football, to see just, you know, one last roll of the dice. Yeah, it'd be interesting to watch. Paddy, it's always good to hear him speaking, isn't it? Uh, just a, 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 an incredible manager. And I, I, I think, like you, Tino, I, I'd quite like to see him maybe go for it again and and, and, and just try, try one last club, give it a go. I think the one that really got me for O'Neill was, was Aston Villa. I think after after Celtic and just what he done for them and getting them into like top, I think he done he got them fifth a couple of seasons on the cusp of top four, and just how important that was for them at that time. But the big issue with Anil sometimes and it's where he leaves clubs, and I think obviously ourselves included in that. What he promised certain players, but the age of them um, was against Celtic in terms of trying to wind down contracts. Um, he he kind of done the same at at Villa. So it's, it's finding that happy balance for him and, and finding a team that, it, you know, piques his interest too. Because as much as the championship could be an option, I, I think he would want to go Premier League. I do. What about managerless Queen's Park? <sighs> oh, no. No. What a coup that would be. I, 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 familiar with the owners? That's not the worst route. So Willie Hockey's obviously got the project there. Own coil fell just a wee bit short. I've been watching this close. I've been interested in the Queen's Park story and the journey there. Um, they need somebody of profile, somebody of experience, somebody that knows how to win. But they said themselves that, that they weren't even banking and going up this season. I still think that they're a, a work in progress. They're on track, eh? A team, a team like Queen's Park don't go and sell their best player. Like if, if they wanted to go up, they don't go and sell their best player mid-season and Simon, Simon Murray. Murray. Uh, yeah. I think the suggestion, I've gone off track, but I'll stick with it. <laughs> the suggestion is that they were never ready to go up this season uh, and it wasn't a bad thing at all for them to lose the playoffs. It was like they were boxing with Dundee to see who could lose it first you know like across the last weeks <laughs> yeah. of the season they get gubbed in the, the the decider if you like against Dundee and yeah they took another tank in at Thistle there over the last couple of games so and I don't think the the hierarchy at Queen's Park Wally Hockey and others will be too disappointed because it's too soon in the journey but if you brought someone of Martin O'Neill's experience in even say as a director of football type yeah. you just you cannot buy that type of experience it'd be, it'd be really exciting to see him in Scotland I have to say that this is the Likelihood is if he gets back in somewhere it would be down south, but the strangest things have happened. You know, he's enjoyed his life up here when he when he's been here. So who knows? Anyway, more about that on the Queen's Park exchange whenever we do the show. <laughs> um but in terms of the media piece, yep, so it's seven or eight minutes long, uh, on Talk Sport on YouTube. And as always, we'll link to this one in the show notes for the episode. Uh Paddy, Celtics women's team have taken the league title down to the very last game, where either them, Rangers or Glasgow City will clinch the title this Sunday. It's very close in terms of points and on goals. And best wishes to Fran Alonso, Caitlin Hayes and her teammates on Sunday as they take on Hearts at the Excelsior Stadium. Myself and Paddy were there on Thursday night of the game as 9,500 fans, a record 9,500 should add, watched the team beating Glasgow City 3-1 to keep the title dream alive. Thanks to Natasha at Axum and various others for inviting us along on the night. Really enjoyable. Paddy, what was your take on it? It's a, it was an exciting one, wasn't it? Uh, do you know what? It was a, it was a, great, uh, a great occasion. I think... Um, the, the first half, you could tell there was a, a, a lot of nerves. They're playing in front of a, a, a crowd and a, 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 a boisterous one at that uh, behind in the Celtic, the, the, the hopeful Celtic end. And it was just great to see the atmosphere uh, for the players coming out and, and what they came out into. But the first half, yeah, they, they kind of, they struggled to settle um, and they lost a cheap goal. Uh, it really was a cheap goal to, to give away. Um, but then just a total resurgence in the second half and, I don't know whether if, if it was down to shooting into that end, um, it maybe played a part. Mm. Um, the fans were just sucking yes, the ball in there. Aye, ab- absolutely. But they were, I, I think Glasgow City folded, you know, I really do. In the second half, they couldn't get near Celtic and they, they just really ramped up the tempo. Um, it was a great, great second half to watch. It yeah, it was, really it was really exciting and uh, you know, it was kind of good to be a part of that. Paddy, do you want to tell the people at home what uh, what you dropped in at the League Cup trophy? Are you happy with that? <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. <laughs> <laughs> Believe that what it was, but drop Paddy a DM if you want to find out. Uh, just a, a, a brazen lack of respect by Paddy. On absolutely. The just to get the permutations for potentially uh, winning the league. Yeah. It's if they win, they have to win by a few goals and as long as City don't win, is that it? They can draw here's a loss. A, here's the simplest breakdown. Yeah. Glasgow City are two points clear at the top at the moment. Celtic and Rangers two are big. both two behind. Rangers are a goal better off than Celtic at this moment in time. Two or one? One, I one. think. Uh, 
Rangers play Glasgow City, so something's got to give there. Yeah. Celtic, as I mentioned, play Hearts, so there's various pairs of for a draw, basically, and a Celtic 3 0 win. Celtic won by a couple of goals, so it's all there for them, and they obviously then go on to play Rangers in the Scottish Cup final. They're looking to uh, retain the trophy, and that's at the end of the month, so they're going good guns. Fran Alonso is the most enthusiastic guy on the planet, so we kind of met him pre match and stuff, and he was absolutely buzzing, and you've seen the way he responded with the crowd and stuff like that, so I, you know, they've got. They've built up, you know, a decent audience there and I think more and more fans are tuning in. It's the first game I've attended and I have to say I really enjoyed the entertainment of it all. So, you know, it was, it was good to see, Paddy. Ah, it, was a, it was a great spectacle. Um, I think, like you say, Alonso, he's, he's got something about him. I think um, he really thrives off the bigger crowds being there as well um, and hopefully installs that onto the team too. Um, that's obviously the, the, the most important thing for him um, is making sure that these guys are going to every single game motivated, but um, the celebrations at the end were great to see. Yeah. Uh, they, they really, they really bought into the support that they had had, and uh, it was a, it was a great occasion. Um, I'll just let the guys know. So basically, with the League <laughs> Cup trophy, uh, I somehow managed to pick up a one of those like uh, gastro pub style fish and chips, and uh, right. as I've picked this tiny wee wee portion up. Um, I've somehow bumped my hand and the fish went flying into the League Cup trophy. So the fish goes on doing the rounds. The fish. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as Tino and I were making our way out of the stadium, uh, we were with the, the people for the for the boardroom that were taking the trophies back and they were like, oh, the, there's crumbs all over us. Aye. Some idiot spouts or some <laughs> crisps or aye, something in this some, trophy. Somebody spouts on. Ah, terrible that. Who would do that? Yeah. So, apologies Celtic. Yeah, <laughs> no, good night and good luck to, to the girls this weekend. Huge game for them against Hearts at the Excelsior. James, we can't uh, break that points record of 106 for the season, but the opportunity remains to smash through the goals record. What are you expecting over these next few league games and what's your final thoughts for the week? I'd be tempted on Saturday to go with the same team. You know, you've, you've shown me that you know didn't quite have it there. Go and see if you can redeem yourself. You know, keep the pressure, positive, healthy pressure on them and you know, show him he's got a wee bit of faith in that I, I want to see you do this. And then if you don't, you don't. That's just the way it is. So, but no, it's a funny time of the season. We're kind of you know, freewheeling towards Scottish Cup final. Interesting that Cali Thistle have got a month of nothing. It's not great for them, I no, don't think. No, it's not fair. No. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if they can get around and get some friendlies in and stuff like that. But they're, they're struggling too. Uh, they're, yeah, cause cause nobody else is available. It's, they're still playing football, you know. Um, well, I suppose they can maybe, guys in their own division, <laughs> they're on the beach. Yeah. So we'll be tricky. But that's us freewheeling towards it. And that, that's the focus now is, is towards that. And obviously, you know, you still want to get the goals tally for Paddy. Absolutely. Well, that's it. That's what it's all about, isn't it? I need uh, <laughs> Paddy, also, I need to just thank you for your effort and being here tonight. So, uh, Paddy acts had a puncture <laughs> just before coming into record. So, your thoughts are with them at this difficult time. <laughs> that was a, a nightmare. Between fish and tyres, you've got me tonight, <laughs> you know, mate. <laughs> um, Paddy, it's one to look forward to on Saturday at Celtic Park. As I'd mentioned earlier, it's, it's the boys' first chance to play in front of the, the home fans and securing the title. Uh, not something to be taken for granted as well, you know, for those in attendance. It should be a great occasion. So, your thoughts on that and your final thoughts for the week, please. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with, with, with James in this one. I think, uh, you know, we really want to want to test these players and, and obviously the changes will be ready. I think maybe could easily come a bit more prominent if it's not working. He's still kind of stuck to that hour mark um, time for the substitutions on Saturday. Um, but no, I, I think this is the best time to see, you know, where these guys are at, what what we're going to be dealing with um, for next season. Um, so yeah, I think massive, massive few games actually, just to get, keep ourselves up to speed for the final as well. But just to see... You know, what are we working with? Mm-hmm. Are these players going to really come and knock the door for a, a starting place for next season? Um, as it stands, I, I'm pretty unsure about the six that come in, to be honest. still think there's maybe a long way to go with some of them. But I also understand that it takes a long time to get up to the speed in which we play and in which the league plays as well. So um, very early days in their careers, I'd give them, give them a bit of time. We've not actually taken much of any time or, or any time on Big O. So... He obviously had that huge chance, James, at 1-0 down. And I remind me of your response. I, I thought he should have just buried it. He was too cute, too clever and all that kind of stuff. I thought it was just a great chance just to get us right back into the game and silence the home crowd. But that aside, I think it's also fair to say he didn't get a huge service on the day. You know, he's he's obviously kind of occupied the centre-halves and, and, you know, made the you know the moves. But he's, he's ultimately not got much service. So where are you at on O um, in general terms? So I think he's gone for the spectacular and it would have been spectacular if he'd scored that. Woulda, coulda, shoulda. 
But this is the thing. That's not how Ange plays football. He plays percentage football. You've got you know, such a percentage chance of scoring a goal like that and you've got a much higher percentage chance of just getting it loaned to the goalie's left, goalie's right. Should have been goalie's left all day. But I know, I know for sure if you hit target, you've got a better chance if you hit the outside of the post. Aye. And Ange said after, you know, he said, you should have scored that and he learned from that. You know, Kyogo misses chances, but he learns from it. And he, the, the thing that kind of got me on Saturday was we're a high chance creation team that didn't create a lot of chances. So that's always going to cost you when you miss yeah. your shots. Paddy, I've just remembered, uh, good friend of the show, Martin McDonald, sent me a message this morning saying he's hoping you're going to see your end of the deal out in terms of a bet that you and him have on how many goals O will score next season. Am I right in saying you th- you're confident he'll get 15 plus? I think so. Yeah. I, 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 I th- de- just obviously dependent on the next three games that they're, they're, they're massive for him, but I, I still think there's enough about him. I really do. And yeah, he, he has went for the spectacular and I think he's got that bit about him as well. And a game, I think it just comes with game time for him. Um, I still th- just think there, there is something there. To, it's, it's pretty raw at the moment, but I still think there's something there to work with. Um, we look at the chances in Saturday, we even think about O'Reilly's yep. uh, through and goal. Also, the, the opportunity with O'Reilly should be throwing his right leg at it yeah, and getting it on target. Aye, and, and then a bad as well. Yeah. Um, That's four big chances. Four big chances, you know, and, and we were getting a lot of joy down the right hand side when we think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, I. For me, O is still very early days. It's still very early days. I think a good summer, hopefully, he kicks on from it. But I just think he's very raw. I think there's bags of ability there. I just, it's time to start seeing it. I think if he's going to score 15 goals, he'll have to dislodge a new £10 million striker first. That would be easy. Bold. Paddy, coming up in the next few Marty weeks. says the bet's for a substantial amount of money. Now, you don't need to reveal how much, but is it enough to buy a new tyre for that carrier's? <laughs> Dave, can you play the music for the end of the show? <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps things up on the latest episode of the Celtic Exchange Weekly. Thanks to James and Paddy for joining me today and as always, our thanks to you for listening. Remember to send your mystery Celtic to us on Twitter if you think you know this week's answer and beyond that, don't forget to visit theCelticExchange.com where you can start your free seven-day trial and enjoy all the additional podcasts we offer to subscribers. But in the meantime, for myself and the team, thanks for tuning in and we'll see you again this time next week. Network.